you know, in my earlier work, I was really interested in sort of like juncture of pregnant with my second child that had a baby, which we live in harmony or disharmony with the natural world, which was like really apparent to me when I lived in Texas and in a big city where like there's buildings and houses everywhere and you can't get away and be alone in nature there, even though Austin is like an incredibly green city could like survive as a parent, you know, where you can just sort of drive out into the middle of nowhere and be totally alone and not hear any cars. And, you know, the pandemic again was this huge shift for me because I couldn't really travel at all. I had two little kids. I was home all the time. And, you know, my eye sort of like shifted downwards. I feel like I kind of had no choice but to like find inspiration from like the five blocks that we like inhabited anymore. So being, I think, really great for me. I don't know, it like opened my eyes even further to like the richness that I had just kind of in my backyard. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 288th episode, I'm excited to be joined by Nola Parker, who recently spoke with me all about her colorful paintings and especially the upcoming exhibition at Wally Workman Gallery called Holding Space. The solo exhibition runs April 1st through the 30th. And again, you can check it out Saturday, April 1st from 4 to 6 p.m. at the opening. Once again, that's in Austin, Texas. So if you are in Texas, go check it out. Nola was selected as one of our pro competition winners in 2021 by Erica B. Hess. So we're very excited to feature her on the podcast. Of course, we break down everything about landscape and painting, spaces from Austin to Vermont and everything in between. So stay tuned for this interview coming up. I'm excited to announce that our 2023 Studio Break student competition is now open. Our juror this year is Mia Reesberg. She'll be selecting five undergraduate and five graduate student artists to appear on an upcoming episode of Studio Break and, of course, to share their work on the Studio Break archive. Mia is also going to curate two of our winners into a two-person exhibition at Studio Break Gallery. If you'd like to apply, head on over to studiobreak.com, look for the competition tab, and it's really easy. You submit a small fee, you submit an email with your name, obviously, identifying which category, including a portfolio link as well as Instagram handle, and that is it. Once again, five winners from each of those categories for 10 total, and two of those artists will be selected for an upcoming two-person exhibition at Studio Break Gallery. If you're new to the podcast, I do recommend heading over to studiobreak.com, checking out the big archive of episodes, and look at some of the artists that we've had featured on the podcast. Once again, you can find links to their websites for more work. You can click through the gallery of images that we have there. You can listen to the interviews there, but you can also subscribe. So be sure to like and follow, subscribe on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can find us in social media. So check us out on Facebook and like our page there. You can find us on Twitter at Studio Break. And of course, on Instagram, be sure to follow, say hello at Studio underscore Break. And with those announcements out of the way, let's dive right into this interview with Nola Parker. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break, Nola Parker. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really nice to kind of finally have you on. I know, again, it's been a while, but you were selected as one of our pro competitions from a couple of years ago by Erica B. Hess from I Like Your Work podcast. So it's always cool to kind of collaborate and, you know, let others pick great artists to to be on the podcast. So again, thanks so much for applying. Uh, happy to have you on. 
yeah, I'm excited to be here. And it was really exciting to be picked by Erica because I'm such a huge fan of her and like had the pleasure of having her speak at a class I took recently. And she just like, I love her podcast and she's such an amazing artist and amazing person for the arts in general. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's start out at the very beginning then again, where are you from Vermont originally? I'm assuming. Yes. I was born in central Vermont and I live here now with my family. Well, right on. I, again, it's interesting, your background, because obviously, you know, we'll kind of talk about this a little bit, but you have an undergraduate degree in English. We'll break that down because my English is very <laughs> poor at times. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, kind of talk to us a little bit about that kind of growing up. Were you somebody that was always kind of interested in then writing or kind of like storytelling or were you always kind of interested in, in art in general? Or So I always kind of knew that, like, I was a creative person as a kid. You know, I've always been like a doodler, Mm -hmm. like need to have a pen or pencil in my hand as sort of like a meditative practice. And like, I feel like that comes into my painting practice now, but I was always kind of more of like a reader and a writer as a kid. And that was like the place where I got to be really creative and was kind of one of these like moody children who like mm-hmm. wrote a lot of poetry and was really like, you know, would have like worn a beret or <laughs> if I could, like was very into the vibe and visual art when I was a kid, just never really like seemed like an option for me. I don't know why that was. I think part of it had to do with like, you know, my mom was an artist. She went to art school in Chicago mm-hmm. for photography and very quickly after school, you know, settled down, had a family and really didn't pursue her art at all for the rest of her life and kind of was like, well, now I need to get a practical job that, you know, pays the bills and like, I can't do this. And I feel like as a kid, that was kind of like always in the back of my mind of like, well, this is not a viable career option. I'm just not even going to go there. And I kind of laugh about that now because like writing is also not a great career option. Like (laughs) it's also not a super easy route to like make it but you know when I was deciding to go to college I was like a late college person I don't think I went till I was like 22 or 23 Mm -hmm. and I had been painting probably since like my late teens just like for fun I just you know I was living in Austin at the time and I just kind of I think it was my boyfriend like brought some art materials home because he had gone to an art school at for high school and was like let's make some paintings and I was like all right sure <laughs> like this seems like a fine way to pass the time and immediately was like oh why have I not been doing this mm-hmm. like my whole life still didn't really think of it as like this is something I want to pursue seriously but just kept sort of like dabbling and experimenting and then when I finally decided like okay I do want to go to college I did entertain the idea of art school for a little while And, you know, I was interning at like a print shop in Austin and I had my portfolio and I went to some like, you know, college fairs and I just ultimately was like, I should just do, I should just go for writing. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't pursue the arts because like I had my family voice in the background being like, this isn't a good idea. Sure. And, you know, was looking at taking out all of the loans and was like, I'm going to go for this because this is going to be my like you know, viable career option. And I like look back now and I'm kind of like, I'm glad I went the way that I did. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't know. I feel like if either of my kids wanted to go to art school, I would be like, yes, of course. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. without a doubt, go. Sure. Um, yeah. So I kind of was like in the literary English world for a couple of years there until I graduated. Sure, sure. And I'm assuming then that kind of filled up a lot of those times uh, before you were a teenager painting and exploring that side of things or kind of getting into that and eventually kind of, I guess, working at like a print studio. What what types of influences did you have in terms of literary works? And again, I, I'm not the, uh, the foremost uh, authority on this at all, but I'm always kind of curious. A connection with nature has always been like a driving force for me, like mm-hmm. in my life and in my work. And like, as a kid, I feel like, you know, growing up in Vermont, being in the outdoors all the time, spending like a lot of time alone outside and really like developing, I don't know, like a relationship with the natural world has been like foundational for me, especially like in the work I do now. And as far as like literary works, I'm trying to think, (laughs) you know, when I was studying in Austin, I was really into the South Mm-hmm. like as a concept mm-hmm. and that was kind of like you know I was in like the honors program and I wrote my thesis and like I wrote it on this Faulkner book that was like very dense and confusing Absalom Absalom mm-hmm. I like I haven't thought about it in like <laughs> six years but so- I was like really fascinated with like southern culture and like the civil war and sort of like you know, the way that the South like hasn't really moved on in some ways mm-hmm. <laughs> from the Civil War. And I don't know, I I kind of feel like that carried over into like the first, you know, major body of work that I made when I was living in Texas, which was like it was all landscape based, but it was like paintings of my neighborhood, paintings of the Texas landscape. And, you know, living there as a Vermonter, I always felt really like like an outsider in a way because Mm -hmm. it was such a strange landscape to me like the plants seemed really bizarre like cat like living where there are cactuses and like it was just a very strange like alien landscape for me and you know I feel like in school like through my like literary studies kind of like followed the same thread of like this is kind of a strange place for me like this is not a place I'm used to being in this is like a totally different culture it's a totally different place and I feel like the paintings that I made when I lived there you know I look at them now and I feel like they very much have this kind of like voyeuristic quality to them of like somebody looking in from the outside at like something that they don't completely understand well, and is that one of the reasons that you decided to kind of go out there? You know, again, I've been to Vermont for essentially like a month. I went to Vermont Studio Center once and it was mm-hmm. just like during like a giant winter blizzard. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so like, I don't know. I, I was there too. <laughs> I could imagine yeah. kind of growing up there and then just kind of being like, you know, I want to see what else is out there. And that's kind of one of the things that, you know, as you're talking, makes me think about the United States being so interesting is that it's like culturally it's so different because it's so big you Mm -hmm. know so I'm assuming that growing up in Washington state is going to be obviously way different than Florida or you know Texas in this case so was that kind of like one of the big pulls to just kind of uproot yourself and yes I was definitely at a place where like you know I'd been in New England most of my life I think I was 19 so I had this like 
I got to get as far away from here as possible. Sure. Like, <laughs> you know, the like teenage desire to just like go to the opposite place. And I was working at a coffee shop in Montpelier at the time. And, you know, my boyfriend was a musician and we were like, let's just go to Austin. And we just sort of piled everything on our car and drove to Austin and somehow ended up living there for 10 years. Well, interesting. So, you know, like in terms of those, then I guess initial studies, because I'm assuming then you kind of made a little bit of art while you were completing your, your degree. Yeah. I, I kind of like continued to dabble. I was making like, you know, I was living in like houses with roommates. I didn't have like a studio of any kind. So I was making like mostly like work on paper at home, kind of like exploring different materials. And I like got some work into like a group show in Houston. And I had a really good friend who was like a curator who got some of my paintings into like a public art program. So I was like, kind of trying to do both and wasn't really sure you know where I was gonna land and was still like very hesitant to like really put all my energy into painting Mm -hmm. I don't know still a little like nervous about doing that but what ended up happening was I graduated you know I had that experience of like graduating college and being like oh no I have to get a job now (laughs) immediately Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I have, I have to pay these loans. I have to get a job and kind of was like, I got to just get the first job I can and ended up like working in uh, an office for a startup and was kind of like, all right, this is it. Let's try and make this work. And mm-hmm. I think I lasted, I think I lasted almost a year before I was like, I cannot do this. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I'm dying inside. <laughs> I can't, sure. I can't do this. Um, Just like, you know, and I worked with like wonderful people and like, you know, looking back, like I could have had a way worse job, but it was really hard for me to be sitting indoors at a desk all day at a computer. Sure. Sure. But you know, what that job did allow me was like, I was able to save up some money so that when I eventually left that job, I had a period of like three or four months where I could just kind of do whatever I wanted. I was like, all right, I don't need to find something else right away. And I kind of decided like, I'm going to give myself this time to really like try and create a body of work for the first time. And like, really just like give my painting a chance Mm -hmm. to like go somewhere um, with like no expectation, you know, no pressure. Like if I start painting and my paintings are terrible and I hate doing it, then that's okay. And I'll just, you know, I'll move on to the next thing. And of course, like the opposite happened, I feel like. And I, you know, sat down to make my first like larger painting on panel and was like, oh, okay, this is actually what feels right for me. And this is actually like the most right feeling thing I've ever done. (laughs) Yeah, just sort of like, haven't stopped since then. And and was it always then kind of like being interested in your surroundings, interested in landscape? Because again, I know we kind of talked about this a little bit, but like as somebody that is interested in landscape painting and that is a big general kind of like subject, I mean, I was always fascinated kind of traveling to different places and kind of taking that in. Mm. What were those initial things that you're kind of interested in? Um, you know, because I don't know if that's like looking out your your back window or 
hiking or? I mean, it's interesting because I've never really related this before, but like, even as a writer, I was like most interested in sort of like writing about my life, writing about like my surroundings and what was going on for me personally. And I feel like the same has kind of held true for my painting where, you know, I've always been someone who like is painting my surroundings. I think it's like a really exciting way for me to sort of like understand myself in hindsight and to understand the world. And, you know, when I, when I did give myself that like couple months period to really to see, you know, where my instincts took me, I kind of started just like taking these long walks in my neighborhood and I don't know, like really giving myself the time and space to like really observe what was around me. And I feel like up until that point, I had been living in such a way that was like so frantic and harried and like, I got to do this and I've got to like fill my time and I've got to go from here to here. And like, I didn't ever give myself time to like really absorb what was around me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like allowing myself to like do that kind of like broke down some walls for me because I really had never had time like that to like just let things come. And I was taking a walk in my neighborhood and I remember very like clearly like seeing this house in my neighborhood. It was just like weird. That was the other thing about Austin that was so interesting to me was like the architecture. Mm-hmm. And cause you know, Vermont and New England is so like, has this very like, I don't know, classic New England feel and Austin had all of these like crazy new buildings and like, it was so, so foreign to me. And I saw this house and it was kind of like buried in the sort of in like the trees and the plants and the cactus. And I was just like, so struck by how weird it looked. Mm -hmm. It just looked like an alien planet, how the light was hitting the house in this way that was making it look like this kind of light shade of pink. And I remember just like running home and getting my camera and like running back being like, Oh God, I have to get back before the light changes and running back and taking a picture and just being like, this will be my painting. And that's kind of like how I've worked ever since then, where I've just like gone out on walks. I take photos like all the time. I used to do it in a much more like intentional way where I was like, now I'm going on a painting photo walk. And mm-hmm. now it's like, now it's much more like integrated into my daily life. And like, I use my phone a lot for reference photos too. But yeah, I feel like I've always been really drawn to just like capture my surroundings and I'm fascinated by the way, like painting the landscape allows you to like, once the painting is complete, look back and have the painting, like tell you something about what was going on for you at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, again, it's super interesting. And I'm I'm especially kind of curious, you know, given your your background then, you know, I would imagine there's a lot of intensive writing and editing and, you know, going back through things that kind of help set you up for this. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious then as as somebody that was kind of learning about painting, you know, from, you know, maybe a moment like this where you're running to get get your camera so that you can kind of 
you know, have this moment. And then I'm assuming, obviously this is a killer painting. Um, but you know, how do you then kind of start to kind of like push yourselves in that regards? Cause obviously there's so many resources now, you know, like, I, I think that's one of the things that's really cool. I remember very early on, you know, teaching and talking about podcasting. And I think there was like three tattoo podcasts and now there's gotta be, <laughs> you know, 300,000 or something yeah. like that. So there's all these kind of resources. Were there things that you were kind of then studying or looking at or, you know, artists mm-hmm. that you, you had met that were kind of helping to inform that process or encourage you? Yeah. So I think a huge thing for me when I was first starting was I just like by pure luck happened to have like a handful of amazing artist friends who were like really encouraging and you know were kind of like the first people in my life who I was able to like look at and see it is possible to like lead this type of creative life like I just didn't really have that very often as like a model for me growing up and so just getting to like see their processes and you know their encouragement and enthusiasm were huge for me and you know, I had a friend in Austin who's an amazing artist. Uh, her name's Sarah Vanderbeek. And I think she was the first one who said, why don't you show your paintings at my studio during this uh, studio tour in Austin? And, you know, the gallery that I'm with currently, you know, found me through that studio tour catalog. And I just always think back to that moment. And I'm like, I'm so grateful for her that she just like, Mm-hmm. you know believed in my work enough to say like just well hang up a few paintings here what did you study or kind of like learn about like say like mixing colors or you know things like yeah, that was that yeah, all yeah. something that was self-taught or were you diving into books or going to museums and looking at paintings or you know pretty much self-taught you know I went to a lot of shows in Austin you know when I was in college for English I basically waited every year to sign up for the one you know, non-major painting class that they offered (laughs) that was always like everyone wanted to take this class. And I was finally able to take that painting class. And I had a great instructor, Rob Verf. And that was probably the only like paint, like formal painting instruction that I had. And most of everything else I learned was just like through a lot of experimentation. Mm -hmm. I really love gouache paint. And I was just, I spent a lot of time with my gouache paints, like figuring out how they were testing out like different ways of mixing colors, having multiple failures and making a lot of ugly things. And that was definitely essential for me. Mm-hmm. I think a, an artist who really inspired me when I was first starting out was like David Hockney. And I, lots of people would look at my early work and really like see that influence there because something I was like really interested in, in my earlier paintings was like, uh, like patterning and sort of like creating this like patchwork of different patterns and colors to create the landscape. Mm -hmm. Looking at his work was definitely a huge inspiration for me at that time. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, because I'm of course looking at your work up at nolaparker.com. Of course, everybody should go there and, and check things out. Obviously we're going to talk about your upcoming show in, in May, you know, at some point, but you know, to kind of dissect this a little bit, I mean, again, um, I'm looking at a painting called pink house. Mm-hmm. And again, I totally get that kind of impression in terms of the way that you're kind of 
you know, describing visually anyways, you know, some of the different things that you'll start kind of seeing yeah. foliage or leaves or, um, you know, patterning, but then also like kind of something that you were kind of hinting back at is kind of being taken with like a color shadow. And so, you know, that's something nice to kind of see very early on too, because you start seeing these, you know, weird kind of violety colors. And, and again, it's really interesting to see the way that light will affect you know, light and shadow hitting something, you know, it's interesting, like that initial instinct, maybe for somebody that's kind of studying is like, oh, it's like, it's devoid of color, you know. Mm. Um, but that's yeah. the thing that really kind of, you know, pops out to me and certainly kind of, you know, dealing with all of these kind of green variations within, you know, this architecture, we've got something to kind of contrast that. So that's kind of really interesting. Yeah. But, you know, like I would imagine it took a little bit of time to kind of get to a, a painting like this or, you know, just kind of like you were saying, just making a lot and, and learning a lot. Yeah. I mean, that painting, the pink house painting was like my first, <laughs> the first painting where I saw, I saw that house in my neighborhood and was like, there, there's my painting right there. But yeah, there was definitely a lot of experimentation. And, you know, I definitely reached a point with gouache, especially where I was like, okay, I've. I've hit the wall mm -hmm. with gouache where what I want to do will no longer work with this medium. And that was kind of like a come to Jesus moment for me, probably mm -hmm. in like 20, 2020 or 2021, where I realized I need to try some new things. And since I don't have any formal art education, I'm always, I've always been like, pretty nervous to try new materials because I'm like starting at zero. And what has been really awesome for me is this program um, out of New York called NYC Crit Club. Mm -hmm. And I first took a class with them, I think in 2021 um, with this artist, Hillary Doyle, mm -hmm. whose work I love. She's an amazing person. Um, and I've been following her for a long time on Instagram and she uses this, paint system called Gera paint mm -hmm. and I had and she like posts all of these great like process videos and paint mixing videos and I was like so interested and curious about this paint system but was like very hesitant to try it out because I was like I don't know if I want to make a big investment in this thing that like I just have no clue how to do it mm -hmm. and they ended up offering a class with her about like new painting techniques and materials and that was one of the things that she covered and you know I kind of uh fell in love with this paint system it's what I used to create the body of work for this latest show mm -hmm. and basically what it is is you know they sell acrylic binders um and then they sell single pigment dispersions which is basically like the pigment ground with a I think they call it like a dispersed liquid it's like basically water and some other additive you basically just take your binder you take your pigment mix them together and then you have your paint and they sell a lot of different kinds of binders you know they have like one with a super high resin content it's like super shiny and then they have this one binder that is basically similar to like an acrylic gouache so it's super matte and once I sort of messed around with those materials and found sort of like the binder that I loved. Now I'm like fully committed <laughs> to this mm -hmm. to this paint system and sometimes even like find myself, you know, at night having a little anxiety of like, what if they close? <laughs> I can't get this paint anymore. 
because it's just like, especially in the process of making the work that I just finished, you know, I feel like that work was kind of like how, like the process of teaching myself to use this new medium. And the more I painted with it, the more I was like, I just love this so much. This is the pain of my dreams. Like Mm -hmm. I, yeah, (laughs) I could go on and on. Well, it's, it's really interesting how that works. I remember, and I don't even know if I've talked about this, um, but at some point I wound up switching. I don't even know what the heck I was using. Like as a, when I was studying as an undergrad and I just had all this kind of paint left over and it was just odds and ends. And I remember um, switching everything out one summer and I was just like, wow, all these like neutral colors that usually are garbage are like really nice now, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. just kind of weird how yeah. something little like that and you're like, wow, you know, like I can do totally, it just adds that range, I guess, that you're kind of yes. like intending. And then it's like, what, you know, before it was like, why is this so muddy? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. interesting. That's something I really love about it because, you know, before I got to the Guerra paint, I was like trying out other acrylics. You know, I have my studios at home. I have two little kids. Like I just don't have an oil painting setup, so I was kind of like, "That's not happening for me right now." Sure. So I was like trying out different like acrylic brands. I was trying acrylic gouache, but I was like running, yeah, I was running into some color issues where I was like, "I don't like the results I'm getting," and yeah, the just like color range I'm able to get with the Guerra paint is really exciting for me. Nice, nice. And I guess, you know, to kind of, you know, maybe break down some of these specific bodies of work and obviously we'll move into the the current stuff that you have coming up, you know, maybe just a really basic question, but kind of like early on, like I'm assuming then that, you know, these are pretty labored over in terms of like how much time I know that's kind of a, a silly question that somebody will ask you, uh, some civilian if you will right um <laughs> no that's like, a great question <laughs> but how are you developing these because i know like you know like sometimes you know if you're an abstract painter you're working on 20 at a time or something like that are you somebody yeah. that's very singular going to kind of slowly grind away at this thing until it's done so you know my process has really changed in the past probably like two or three years i think a big shift for me was mm-hmm. when i had kids because i did used to be the type of painter that would like dive in really deep with one painting, allow it to just totally make me insane, (laughs) you know, develop a like intense relationship, toxic relationship with it, and then be done. And then when I had kids, I was kind of not able to work like that anymore. I had to really use my time in a different way. I couldn't, because like my studio time was so much more limited, I wasn't able to just like have these long studio sessions where I just kind of like obsessed over one corner or something. And I kind of had to like, I kind of had to work in a different fashion. And at that time I was still sort of painting like with gouache. I feel like I would sort of assemble a painting in a very like puzzle piece fashion, you know, like I would finish one part and then I would move on to the next part. And like in the past couple of years, I was realizing like, I just really didn't want to work like that anymore. It was like really hard for me to work that way as far as like just getting through a painting was really challenging. And, you know, when I shifted to the Guerra paint and acrylic, now I work in a much more like layered fashion. And especially with this latest work, I've been working on multiple paintings at a time, which now I love it and I'm wondering why (laughs) did I not start doing this earlier because it just 
it's just so much more of an efficient way for me to work mm -hmm. because like, you know, I'm definitely, you know, I'll have days in the studio where I'll be working on a painting and kind of, I'm like, I can't work on this today for whatever yeah. reason. I'm like, not in the mood, not feeling the energy and I need to just like go to something else. And that has worked out really well for me with this latest body of work. And I'm really excited to like, and I kind of stumbled into that way of working just because I had so many paintings I needed to finish. Mm -hmm. um, so now I'm really excited to actually like work that way in a more intentional way. You had an exhibition at the Wally Wolkman gallery, right? In, mm -hmm. in Austin. Again, I'm assuming that was the first big solo exhibition back in 2017, was, 18. Yeah, it was like 2018, I think. Yeah. And so these were kind of like a collection of landscapes uh, is, mm -hmm. is essentially kind of maybe the process of kind of working through as you're kind of describing, is this the time then where you're kind of more individualized in terms of kind of exploring? Definitely. And I feel like that body of work took me a lot longer to complete. My family moved from Austin back to Vermont as I was working on those paintings. It's a kind of an interesting mix of like Austin landscape and Vermont landscape. Mm -hmm. Whereas the work that I'm doing now is like pretty primarily like Vermont, New England landscape. There's a, a painting in there, um, Ridgeway, which has a wonderful geodesic dome. I love which, that dome. <laughs> you know, like there's just little things that start to kind of become fascinating in the landscape. Mm -hmm. And so that that's something yeah. that kind of sticks out to me is like maybe finding, I don't know, just some thing that you're kind of honing in on. And I think that's something that becomes really kind of apparent in the work. You know, you might kind of see that pop out from the green yeah. you know, surroundings or the hills or the mountains. And I would say that's definitely like how... I've been approaching my work lately. My process starts with photography and just really thinking about what is it that's like drawing me to this image or this scene, mm -hmm. you know, because usually there's like always something that's catching my eye. And it's been really interesting for me to, to like figure out after the fact, like what was it about this image that I find interesting or important? Mm -hmm like personally, universally or, or not important, you know, I mean, again, like I've, <laughs> yeah. I've taken, I've taken photographs of the most banal kind of things, but there, you know, oh, there's yeah. another, there's another painting yeah. uh, called wedding parking. And I was like, Oh, this looks like mm -hmm. you went camping, but it's weird. Yeah, my, because... my sister made a joke. <laughs> <laughs> my sister made a joke once where we saw like a dirty tarp somewhere and she was like, that would make a great painting for you. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, it would. <laughs> But there's something yeah. to that. Cause like, I mean, like, you know, there's a way into the work that I think is really accessible for mm -hmm. people. You know, it's not like there's some heavy agenda, yeah. but it's interesting because I can see a painting like that wedding parking and then kind of think about, you know, the time of day, you know, like maybe the sun mm -hmm. is just kind of set, you know? And so maybe I'm assuming again, I'm, I'm looking at it and going like camping, you know, or, or kind of thinking about those types of times. But again, it really becomes kind of interesting because it becomes an extension of what you're talking about earlier, which is essentially, you know, like this is almost like a, a journal or something about you, you know, some, yeah. some narrative about your life, but then, you know, others have a way into that. Yeah. And, and obviously too, you know, with a show like this, then you can kind of keep exploring, you know, different formats, different orientations, compositions, and things like that. Kind of jumping ahead a little bit, you know, we've got like a, a smaller body of work, you know, from uh, 20 and 21, which are all kind of smaller works. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm I'm kind of curious how how did these come about? Because obviously, like you're working a little bit larger in, in terms of some of the previous work. Was it like a conscious shift to kind of just knock out a bunch of small paintings? Was it? What happened was I had my show in 2018. Pretty much immediately got pregnant with my second child, 
had a baby, which he's wonderful and I love him, but he stopped me from <laughs> working for a little while. And, you know, then kind of the pandemic hit and I had both of my kids home full time and sort of just like really took a break from painting just so that I could like survive as a parent. And, you know, those smaller works on paper were kind of like my way of like slowly creeping back into the studio with like some work that was really achievable and Mm. kind of like, I don't want to say like low stakes, but like, yeah, like achievable, like I can finish this in a day or two, or like, I can feel like I'm producing some things and not get bogged down in something and actually feel like, you know, my studio isn't like feeling so stale anymore. And, you know, I did a lot of work on paper at that time, like in 2021, as I was sort of like doing more experiments with gouache and with acrylic and just like, I don't know, I wasn't really feeling ready to make big paintings again. And the timing worked out really well because sort of near the end of 2021, I was like fully there and Mm -hmm. was like, I never want to, I never want to make a small painting again. Like I'm in pain making these small paintings. And that was a great place to be in to like work on, you know, this much bigger work that I've done recently. Well, and it seems then too, like that was maybe the switch then to more towards like a nature kind of theme. Like I I see less buildings in the current work. No, in my earlier work, I was really interested in sort of like juncture of my second child had a baby, which we live in harmony or disharmony with the natural world. It's really apparent to me when I lived in Texas and in a big city where like there's buildings and houses everywhere and you can't get away and be alone in nature there, even though Austin is like an incredibly green city could like survive as a parent, you know, where you can just sort of drive out into the middle of nowhere and be totally alone and not hear any cars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the pandemic again was this huge shift for me because I couldn't really travel at all. I had two little kids. I was home all the time. And, you know, my eye sort of like shifted downwards. I feel like I kind of had no choice but to like find inspiration from like the five blocks that we like inhabited anymore. So being, I think, really great for me. I don't know, it like opened my eyes even further to like the richness that I had just kind of in my backyard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these latest paintings that I did are definitely a reflection of that. I titled the show a Holding Space because I felt like that body of work was really about like these landscapes around me that like hold me. Mm-hmm. So it's like work from landscapes from like my neighborhood, from my garden, and just sort of like the woods in central Vermont and these places that kind of like define me as a person because they're where I spend all of my time basically mm-hmm. and places that I'm really familiar with in a lot of ways, especially having grown up here. And I really am excited to do more work like that in the future. You know, I hadn't really done any sort of like close up sort of like gardenscape type painting. Mm-hmm. The big garden landscape in this latest show, which was I think one of the most fun paintings I made of the of that group of paintings. 
Yeah. And, and again, there's, there's lots of really great stuff in, in terms of just your website, um, you know, and kind of jumping back a little bit too. like, there's a series of cascades paintings. There's one of them that again, is kind of more like maybe kind of like river based and, and we've got like so much dense kind of details and things like that. And then there's another one that's um, cascades one where you're kind of looking more down. And then I'm noticing again, kind of like with some of the more current work, you know, it's funny. You, I think you said literally looking down, <laughs> kind of go from these really kind of like deep landscapes where everything is layered to kind of really kind of playing up that flatness with painting something yeah. like water or the the garden that you're kind of talking about that different type of space. You yeah, know, there's there's still all this layering going on with foliage and subtle colors, but again, it really becomes kind of something that adds to the, I guess, the language that you've been building. Yeah, and I really like working with both of those spaces at the same time, because there was a time where I was like, you know, doing a lot of work on paper that was really looking downward mm -hmm. and sort of like picking up every single detail in this tiny space. And it's nice to like work on that type of subject matter and then also do these sort of like bigger, more like classical, like horizon line landscapes. Those paintings are where I get to sort of be a little more like fantastic fantastical and abstract and mm -hmm. experimental yeah and that's something that's interesting too because just the scale of you know like painting leaves that are larger there's all sorts of gradations that happen mm -hmm. that when you jump back to the you know first paintings that we were talking about there's so much distance in that they become kind of come more pattern-like um yeah and i'd imagine even just something as as simple as that is something that kind of starts playing a different role because like again you you've got little variations in terms of the ways that a pile of leaves will kind of you know come together so like there's a painting called fall garden that you have in the current show yeah. and i just love seeing like the little ways that all these leaves will kind of like stack and and not only shift in color where like things are getting a little bit darker or maybe you know dingier as things are kind of overlapping but there's a real sense of depth to them you know that maybe some of this earlier works you know just had a different vibe to them that was such a fun painting for me because I feel like in some of my earlier work it was really bright and colorful mm -hmm. and you know I feel like I was going through the journey that like every artist goes through where they're like I've got to define my work how do I what's my you know elevator pitch what do I do um, and I kind of like got into the space where I was like I make these bright colorful landscapes and I think the risk of like giving yourself that sort of firm definition and like really deeply believing it, it kind of stops you from doing something different. Mm -hmm. And like I had success with those works. So I was like, I got to keep doing these. And that painting was really exciting for me because it's probably like one of the darkest paintings I've made color wise. You know, it's very like black painting. Mm -hmm. And that was just such such an exciting fun painting to do to sort of like I don't know like yeah like it's try and find a way to like speak my language in this sort of like new space new darker space yeah and again the color is still so rich and vibrant you know like you again kind of scaling up you kind of have you know obviously tons of greens which again you know certainly landscape lends itself to that but then you also kind of start being able to play around with like these violet tones these red tones yeah. these kind of compliments that kind of you know pop out underneath and that could be like from a floral element or just like you know the branches that kind of lean you know i love painting trees because they're 
quote unquote brown, but they leaned all sorts of these weird oh, violets yeah. And, yeah. and blue tones. And what I love so much about the Guerra paint is like I fell in love with like their reds and violets and browns. I love this paint so much that, you know, I would get like a new pigment and kind of be like, I gotta make a painting that's just like all about this pigment because it's so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have this one that's called quinacridone gold. It's sort of like a yellowish brown sort of sienna but it's like such an amazing mixing color and i've never used any color like that out of a tube and i feel mm. like that color that pigment was like my best friend <laughs> through all of these paintings <laughs> i was like he's gotta be in everything because it just makes everything sure amazing yeah so talk a little bit more about the show you know give us some specifics so so when is the opening and and how many how many paintings in it where it's where it's at sure. any of that stuff so it opens april 1st at wally workman gallery in Austin. There's 20 paintings. They're all acrylic paintings. I started working on it in 2021 and kind of just like let the paintings lead me. You know, I I really didn't like want to start from any kind of like preconceived concept. I was kind of just like, I'm just going to let myself go and see like, what what am I drawn to right now? And it was really interesting because I was probably like two thirds of the way through the work and was looking at everything and was like, huh, these works have just so naturally separated into these three categories of like where I live my life and spend my time, Mm -hmm. like the neighborhood, the garden, the wilderness. Yeah. There are these paintings that really like hold and define me as a person, I think. And like my daily life and yeah, opens April 1st. The paintings are, on their way fingers mm-hmm. crossed i think they're supposed <laughs> to get there tomorrow sure very always like a very stressful experience to like ship paintings that far and i'm kind of in this like i don't know postpartum phase because sure. like i was working through 2022 and of course my kids got sick like a thousand times mm-hmm. so I didn't have as much studio time as i wanted and then january february of this year were just like this intense working period for me it almost felt like I was doing like a residency at home it was awesome I loved it (laughs) even though my family was like you're not around as much sure so now I'm kind of in this period of like everything's gone my studio is really empty I don't know taking stock of like okay what do I do now and we're heading down to Austin next week for the opening and yeah which will be fun yeah and how many how many paintings are in the show uh, 20 paintings total. Wow. Yeah. So again, that's also kind of like one of those wonderful experiences to kind of, I don't know, be reunited with your, <laughs> with your paintings in a weird way. It's going to be weird. <laughs> you know, you kind of, you kind of send them all off or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you kind of come to that opening and kind of see them again in a different light. Yeah. Than, you know, being yeah. packed into your studio space. Especially like having a studio at home and like really living with them for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird to just have them not here. <laughs> They're like, yeah, little children off in the world. Yeah, and and again, I I think one of the things that you know, just to kind of uh, reiterate again, that becomes so interesting to me about your work is that you know, while you're kind of interested in in ideas of you know the environment, landscape, it's it's something that becomes very accessible. Mm. And like I said, you because you can kind of allow anybody to kind of start you know thinking about their own experiences, but then you know, as a creator too, I feel like that leaves you so open to the possibilities, you know, like if, mm. you, if you do go somewhere, you know, eventually when, when your kids 
are taller than you, um, yeah. you know, and going to residencies or, you know, like different, different opportunities and, and different travels to kind of like inform that work. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think there's something really interesting again about like, even just debris, not to sound weird. I, you know, having moved a couple of years ago and it's like the winter, I'm just seeing all these like fallen branches in the, in the mm. yard. Yeah, And you just start noticing these little fragments of things. So I, I think that's always kind of interesting, even though you're kind of like wrapping this, this, this body of work and there'll be like an extension of it, but like you start kind of noticing these little nuggets, I guess. Are, are there any, yes. have, have you been ready or open to seeing those yet? Or are you kind of still? I'm like, I'm just started dipping my toe and I've like started taking some walks, taking some photos. You know, my six-year-old gave me a really hard time because I didn't have any winter paintings in this latest mm -hmm. show mm -hmm. because I was working on them like through the winter. It was such a great body of work to do like in the deep winter mm -hmm. because I was just like fully immersed in like greenery and summer and sunshine um, when it was really dark and gray out. So I'm, I'm excited to sort of like do some winter paintings. I'm excited for spring. I feel like that's my favorite season personally. And like from a, artistic perspective I think it's like one of the most exciting times of the year and I always get very like frantic around the springtime because like it always feels very short in Vermont mm -hmm. and I feel like it's gonna just like slip through my fingers so I feel ready <laughs> ready this spring to dive <laughs> in yeah well again that's always exciting I mean like you were saying I mean there's this I don't know, like an exhale or something that happens after mm -hmm. a big show or something like that. But I feel like that's one of the things that's always really kind of fun. And it's certainly fun talking to artists is that there's always these yeah. these things that shake out or, you know, you kind of almost feel like you can't do it again, you know, and then you I'm start doing it again. I'm definitely still like figuring that out. I, you know, a friend of mine was like, back when I first started working on the show, she was like, just remember to take a break when you're done. And I was like, of course, I'll take a break. Of course. And then when I actually arrived at that moment, you know, I had been working so intensely and I was like enjoying the process so much. I kind of had this like compulsion to keep working. Like once I wrapped everything up, I was like, I got to move on to the next thing right away. Like I can't like lose this like amazing stamina that I found somehow. And then quickly was like, oh, wait, I actually need to like clean my studio I need to like really take a break I need to like play with my kids it can be hard to take a break and I think it's taken me like two weeks but I'm finally like ready for a day off <laughs> and, <laughs> well, like, awesome. I think I can do it <laughs> well again it sounds like like it'll, it should be a pretty exciting time and you know usually is obviously people will come in and give you all sorts of advice uh i'm kind of mm -hmm. kidding but you know eventually, <laughs> eventually somebody at an opening will be like have you painted cats because that would be cool um yeah but you know like yeah, a, again it's that. it's a nice time to kind of reflect though for sure so yeah and again that opens april 1st so super super mm -hmm. exciting to have this all sync up and, and to be able to yeah. kind of share your thoughts about it yeah i'm happy for you you know you've got this Thank wonderful you. show coming up so again i i wish you the best of luck with all that and of course you know again it's been great chatting with you get to know you more and, and to talk more about your work so yeah yeah just remind everybody so where where are the best places to check out what's going on the best place is instagram that's where i post like what i am working on currently like process stuff and i'm at nola.parker and then my website nolaparker.com 
gets updated pretty regularly. Um, but yeah, Instagram's really the best spot to find like current information for me. Awesome. Yeah. Again, I hope people reach out and say hello. You know, it's been awesome yeah. getting to to know you and talk to you about your work. So thanks. Thanks again for, for doing this. Yeah. Thank you. This has been great. Thanks again to Nola for joining me. You can check out her exhibition, Holding Space, that opens at Wally Workman Gallery in Austin, Texas, Saturday, April 1st from 4 to 6 p.m., and that show does run through April 30th. You can find some images of her work on Studio Break, but of course, you can find a link to her website there as well, nolaparker.com. Plenty of great work to check out. And of course, you want to check out that Instagram handle and follow at nola.parker. Reminder once again that our 2023 Studio Break student competition is now open. Our juror this year is Mia Reesberg. She'll be selecting five undergraduate and five graduate artists and also curating a two-person exhibition at Studio Break Gallery. If you want to apply, head on over to studiobreak.com, look for the competition page, and again, it's really easy. You submit a small fee, you send an email with your portfolio slash Instagram handle, and obviously identify yourself, all that good stuff. Once again, studiobreak.com, look for that competition page, and of course, you know, you can share this opportunity, get some karma points. If you know any students or peers that should be applying, share this opportunity. We'd really appreciate it. If you're a podcast listener and haven't visited studiobreak.com, I encourage you to check it out. Once again, all of the artists that have been featured have an image gallery. They have links to their websites. And of course, you can listen to the podcast right there on studiobreak.com or you can subscribe in Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. So be sure to do that. And of course, help spread the word if you enjoy the podcast or likewise, you just want to say hello. You can also stay up to date by liking our Facebook page, so please be sure to do that. You can find us on Twitter, at Studio Break, and of course, the best place to follow us and say hello, especially if you enjoyed today's episode, is at Studio underscore Break on Instagram. Quick note that today's music is brought to you by Golden Shadow, which features myself, Ben Cohan, and Brett Beery. If you'd like to see some of Ben's paintings, you can check them out at Studio on Instagram. You can also find... Brett Beery on Instagram at Brett Beery. He's got link there to all of the albums that he's produced and made on Bandcamp, so check that out. You can also find our EP from last year that came out, Lawn Dreams. Again, it's got five songs. And of course, be sure to follow Golden Shadow Band on Instagram. Of course, if you want to see my paintings, you don't have to go very far. It's all integrated in Studio Break, davidlinaway.com. And of course, be sure to say hello at David Linaway pretty much everywhere so hope that you enjoyed today's episode and once again i would encourage you to sign up for our newsletter that's going to provide all sorts of information about our upcoming exhibitions and opportunities we've got one coming up april 15th that runs from 4 to 8 p.m with greg edmondson and lisa bergant coy so very excited to have them here at studio break gallery in west chicago so be sure to look for that on social media instagram etc but we'll be plugging that as well Thanks again for listening. Hope you have a great day and a really productive time in the studio. We'll talk to you real soon.